You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil right? Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien, episode 59. The first chapter of The Two Towers, book three, chapter one, The Departure of Boromir. I'm Caitlin. Softly. And I am also terrible at making decisions. I'm Rachel, and adulthood is kicking my ass. I hate it. I'm Emmy, and I didn't know we were supposed to come up with a pithy intro, so. I guess you did miss a week, so you can be forgiven. It was a good week, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we hate you. Yeah. It was so nice. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Okay. Characters in this first chapter of The Two Towers are Aragorn. It's a new book, but he is pretty much exactly the same as he was when we left him. Still very indecisive, still an extra in a musical. (laughs) Legolas, uh, who won't let any of his friends sing alone. And Gimli, who refuses to sing, but probably has better priorities in the grand scheme of things. And then we also have Boromir, who dies. I don't know if he has better priorities, though. Like, he was literally like, I suppose this verse was supposed to be for me, but... I'm not doing it. Like, that's almost his exact line. I mean, <laughs> look, the options are either. I, mean, I get other things that's on his what mind. I would, that's what I would say, too. So, yeah. Oh, I would totally not be singing. But anyway, I'm just going to assume in general that since the others are just going to launch into song that Gimli was like, no, I'm pretty sure we should just be getting on with it. Yeah. I like the idea of Gimli as like in the book as anti the comedic relief Gimli, right? Like, he's funny, but he's also like, oh, guys, guys, do I have to drag you across all of Middle-earth myself? <laughs> guys, guys, anyway. guys, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. Do you want me to make a decision? Because I'll make a decision. I was going to just do the short summary. No, sorry. I was being Gimli. What? He was being Gimli. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I thought you were playing off of the fact that you were terrible at making decisions. No, sorry. I thought too. we were still doing the bit, and now I've nope. ruined the bit. Now we've ruined it. I'm sorry. I'll nope. leave. It's done. I'll leave forever. No, we need you. Oh. We would fall apart we would without fall you. fall apart. <laughs> yep. Anyway, yeah. Short summary. This chapter, super thrilling. Following Boromir's death, which, by the way, he dies. Spoiler alert. What? The three, <laughs> the three hunters uh, begin their pursuit of orcs who have taken Merry and Pippin hostage. Bastards. That's it. They only begin. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's that's what happens in this chapter. Yep. I just want to start us off before you get into the long summary uh-huh. um, about, I just had this moment when I was reading it, like, 
real every time i remember that boromir just like he straight up just is dead on the first page all of a sudden and you don't see anything leading up to it like we left everyone you know dramatically leaving and whatnot and boromir was just fine and imagine reading this and being a boromir stan and being like you know he <laughs> what or, the or heck? just caring like he had this this moment of of weakness and he like you know came out of it at the end and like how's he gonna get his redemption arc and then he's just like dead at the bottom of the first like, nope. page nope no redemption for you yeah and yeah i don't uh there must have been some years in between the publications of the two books too so right. imagine having to wait for wait for it is and it? <laughs> not, for only, he's just... not only is there not a battle like every all the fighting is off stage aragorn doesn't even see the orcs at all and Vormir's just dead i can't oh. believe that they didn't make this into the movie yeah <laughs> The part where nothing happens. Or like we only see the consequences, none of the right. actions. Although may- maybe maybe Tolkien just hates writing battle scenes. I mean, he clearly does, but still. But because come on. I feel like, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like we don't see much of the Battle of the Pelennor Fields either. I mean, none of the battles last particularly long. No, but I mean, we see it mostly from Pippin's point of view, mm-hmm. I feel like, and he's just in the city. If I'm remembering that correctly, I could be. It's been a really long time since I read the entirety of The Return of the King. So anyways, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so the longer summary. We open with Aragorn, who is still following Frodo's tracks up the hill. He, too, decides to take a seat in the chair of Amunhen, but he sees much less than Frodo. Is it a metaphor or is it just that he doesn't have time? I honestly think it's that he doesn't have the ring. That's what I always thought. Oh. Or that. That... Okay, because, well, if you want to be logical about it. I feel, because, uh, what's her face? Because it's the seat of the ancient kings, and he, you know, he had the, ki- the ring. Yeah, but I feel like Galadriel said something to Frodo about the ring making him more observant, didn't it? Yeah. So that's what I that always sense. figured. That makes more sense, but, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. The only clear thing that Aragorn does see is an eagle flying um, off in the north, and it's circling closer to the ground. A very big Symbolism. eagle. I don't think it is symbolism. I think it's straight up like dropping Gandalf off. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say you don't think that it is symbolic of the fact that the eagles have always come in times of need and like they're there in the distance. If only someone knew to call for them. No, I think it's just a literal eagle and very not subtle foreshadowing. <laughs> oh no, I think it's a literal eagle. I just think it's one that we've already met before. It's supposed to like remind people who have been reading closely for, I guess, technically two books now that. The eagles, this is usually the part where the eagles show up. They deliver people. <laughs> usually, they, or they save people. They've been, well, that too. They've been saving people from near doom for like four books now. I realize we're only on the third of Book our three. books. But That's okay. I'm you with know what you. I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yep. Anyway, so he's interrupted by the Horn of Gondor and shouting, or he runs off down the hill shouting, Elendil, and charges towards where the sound was coming from. However, he arrives too late for battle and finds Boromir on the ground with many arrows in his chest, his sword broken, his horn cloven in two, and a whole crap ton of dead orcs all around him. Like, geez, that's anticlimactic. Yep. It's the first page. <laughs> Which, by the way, it was only like a few months between publication of the books. Really? Yeah, he took like well, forever I- to write them, yeah. but it was like 29th July and then 11th November. I guess, and I guess they are by books, right? So book one, book two, book three. So smaller chunks. No, no. No, that's like in... It, it, they were published like this. He was just weird. Okay. 
But why did I think they were broken down? Um, I there there are some publications of them that have been broken down. I talked mm. about it one time because I want one. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that makes sense since he did write the whole thing as one book, and then it was the publishers who said, "No, we're chopping this up." He probably was just so upset that they were like, "You have to chop this up." That he was like, "Fine, I'm gonna do this to you and confuse everyone." Yeah. Oof. Although there is also something to be said. Uh, or maybe we should have a discussion because I know when he had to chop them up, he was like, all right, so this one's Fellowship and this one's Return of the King and I have no fucking clue what to call this second one. <laughs> 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 and I, I'm pretty sure. And after a while, he was like, well, let's just call it the two towers and nobody will have any idea what towers I'm talking about or anything. So we're just moving on. That's probably why it was a couple months delayed from the first one. <laughs> Needed the logic behind the titles he to back him up. He, he didn't know what to call it. So, where am I? Boromir has just enough life left in him to tell Aragorn that he tried to take the ring from Frodo and that some orcs have taken the hobbits, though he thinks they are not dead. Um, he also says something about how he has failed, but Aragorn tells him, No, you have conquered. Few have gained such a victory. Be at peace. Minas Tirith shall not fall. And then Boromir dies with a smile on his face. Aragorn then thinks to ask if Frodo was with the hobbits that were taken, but... Boromir's, he, he's super dead by that point, so he doesn't answer. <laughs> if Aragorn had Sorry, a cleric with him, they could speak with dead, and everything would be fine, but... A lot of things would be fixed if this was a D&D &D game. Yeah. Uh, okay, so almost immediately, Aragorn is full of indecision. Again. It's like we're not even in a new book. It's like Frodo didn't even make a decision for him, which, <laughs> which he did. Anyways, he's all, where's Frodo? Should he try to find Frodo? Should he go to Minas Tirith? What's happening? And he, like, cries over Boromir for a bit, both in, like, grief and feeling like he has failed the quest and doesn't know what to do, and nothing good is happening. Uh, Legolas and Gimli show up, and they have both also been fighting, um, so it was only Aragorn who didn't get any action. <laughs> God. The only character we stayed with. Yeah. And Aragorn lets them know what's happened with Boromir, although he he keeps it to himself that um, Boromir admitted to trying to take the ring, so nobody knows about that. Everybody just thinks of Boromir as a solid dude. Uh, still no sign of any hobbits, though. I Oh, okay, sorry, I wrote down some lines here and did not write down who says them, because I am smart, but I've just remembered. So, uh, in regards to the indecision, uh, Gimli then says, we must follow the orcs if there is hope that any of our company are living prisoners. And then, uh, because making a clear choice can never happen, Aragorn says, but we do not know whether the ring bearer is with them or not. Are we to abandon him? Must we not seek him first? An evil choice is now before us. So dramatic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I maintain Gimli's the only one trying to move things along get on, get with, on it. with it <laughs> yeah and aragorn is like no 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 we must think about it more why yep. just oh, babe why babe. they're gonna make you king <laughs> you know what it is it's that he wants to go and follow his boyfriend frodo but he knows he knows that's the wrong choice but he's sad about it Poor baby. so anyways they decide to lay poor mir to rest in order to put off having to make a decision um, typical air of Elendil stuff. Having no time to bury him, they decide to send him over the falls and give him to the Anduin. Uh, I think it's Aragorn who says, the river of Gondor will take care at least that no evil creature dishonors his bones. I like that line. Anyways. They also... Little Olmo. Mm, 
Sorry? Good old Alma. Yeah. They also search the bodies of the dead orcs. Legolas takes all the arrows he can, and they find the knives that the hobbits were carrying, and Aragorn takes them in the hopes that he can return them to the hobbits. I think they only find two knives, or maybe it doesn't say. Hmm. I think it was, yeah, just two. I genuinely don't remember if I'm making that up. While looking through the bodies of the orcs, Aragorn no, no, a bit. <clears throat> Aragorn notices that some of them are rather larger than mo. mo- oh my god, I cannot wow. say a word that has an O in it followed by the word orcs. Apparently, I just that's can't. rough because that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of this book. Aragorn notices that some of them are rather larger than most orcs and have different <laughs> weapons. They are also marked by a white hand and a white S. Gimli suggests that the S is for Sauron, but Aragorn points out that Mordor uses the red eyes mark, not a white hand, and Sauron does not permit his name to be spoken or used. I wish I had that kind of power. Right? Dang. Uh, so Get away with er- anything if you have that kind of power. But I also like that he's kind of a he who must not be named by his own order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only by the people who follow him. Yeah. Can't call him by name. Everyone yeah. else, no one cares. Uh, Aragorn deduces that these strange orcs must serve Saruman. They bring Bormir down to the water and Gimli and Legolas go back to where they left the boats and bring those boats to where they left Aragorn with Bormir. I thought this bit was a little needlessly complicated. But, like, why Tolkien didn't just write, they went back to the boats? Nobody would have known the difference. Because he had to write more things that weren't battle. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Legolas tells... hmm? Nothing. I had a thing from before, but I didn't speak quickly enough, and it's gone now. It's fine. But I'm curious. I was just saying, do you guys think that the, the S was a little extra? Like, here's a white hand. That's a symbol. That's pretty iconic. But also, just to be clear, I'm going to write my initial on it. So that everyone knows with absolute certainty that it's me. It I seems think, like. Eh. I think it's like Toy Story where we have to make sure that we have Andy written on oh, Woody's shoe. It just, it's very corporate branding. Well, do you think maybe he wrote the S to have people think maybe it is Sauron? Well, at this point, we've no. already had Gandalf telling him he's turned, right? So. Yeah. I think, I think he's he wanted to sign his work. Yeah. He just wants to he sign wants This to is fan. my baby and my other baby <laughs> and my other baby. Practice this one letter of his John Hancock. <laughs> but I like that he wants to sign his work twice. Like, here's, here's my <laughs> here's sign my, and here's my, my fingerprints. Yep. I know. Well, it just seems so weird. Anyway, that's the I was like, really? You wrote an S on all of them in addition to a handprint? I mean, to be fair, I don't think Saruman himself... Oh, no. But, okay. Mm. Oh, obviously, he did. He went down there with his, <laughs> dipped his finger in paint. His white robes. His rainbow robes, Emmy. Sorry. You think there was still rainbow? But maybe uh. he just likes finger painting. Maybe he does. I like that we managed to make all of the villains totally less intimidating. Well, when you're <laughs> reading it, to be honest, when you're reading it, they kind of suck. I mean, not really, but like. Maybe it's just that there we have so much time to think between chapters. It's like, oh man. Also, they don't in have- the s- six days between me reading these chapters, you're not very intimidating. I don't. Yeah, like, but like a rainbow wizard who likes finger painting sounds like a good time to me. I mean, to be fair, he was a good time once upon a time. He's also mutilating people in his basement. 
but okay. Making toys. <laughs> Jesus. Rachel, both of us talked over you, so sorry, did you have something to say? It's okay. No, it's okay. I'm fine. I was just going <laughs> to talk about how, how awesome Christopher Lee's voice is and how far it God. goes toward making oh. a, a really compelling villain, but no. Nah. He, he was the compelling <laughs> villain. Let's be honest. This movie, Christopher Lee totally ran. Also, let's be real, um, his version of Saruman could not have finger-painted because of those long fingernails. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I mean, been not messy. Even, the Urukai wouldn't have cared, probably, but it would have been imagine gross. trying to clean those things. Nope. <laughs> I just can't believe he grew and kept his fingernails that long. Do you know how hard that is? I can't keep my fingernails that I mean, long. He's a wizard. Magic. He doesn't have to touch anything. He can just flip He's shit. also a real person, and those were real fingernails. Right, but I'm saying like, oh, oh, you mean Christopher Lee. I mean Christopher <laughs> Lee. Those were his fingernails. Sorry, I thought, Freaks I thought me we were out. still talking about Sarah. <laughs> no. <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, I moved on when okay. Rachel was talking about finger painting with fingernails. This is quite a tangent. I got circle back. Skip back to <laughs> come back to the pack. Uh Where the heck even were we? That was we? weeks ago, Rachel. <laughs> I, oh, oh, I was also going to say yes, Rachel. I see it. I got it. <laughs> I was also going to say, like, I actually do find the concept of a big fiery eyeball kind of intimidating. Except that we know in a previous age, you know, he just got told off by. A lady elf who took his tower and then he was like grounded, you know, so having that information kind of makes him a little bit less intimidating. They should just send Arwen up there and be like, yo, your tower is mine now, bitch. Bye. Imagine his face, though. She did. He doesn't have a face. She's supposed to die. She's supposed to look so much like Luthien, too. So maybe it would actually (laughs) scare him. Dang. Now I want it. I want Missed it opportunities. Too. Anyways, um, so when Legolas and Gimli get back with the boats, uh, two of them, uh, Legolas tells Aragorn that there were only two boats and not three, but there was also no sign of orcs or any other th- anything else missing or broken. But Aragorn is like, "Well, look into this mystery afterwards. Let's get rid of Boromir." <laughs> <laughs> he said it just like that too. Yep. So they put Boromir into one of the boats and they tie the boats together and go off into where the water is swift. And, oh, they also fill Boromir's boat with trophies and stuff from all the orcs that he had killed and make sure he's got his broken sword and his broken horn and, you know. They take their time about it. They filled it with all the crap they didn't want to carry. Let's be honest. (laughs) Anyways, and then they cast him loose to go over the falls. Aragorn and Legolas sing a little tribute. Side note, this singing here, I remembered it being so much longer and it is... The bit in my original reading of these books where I first thought to myself, yeah, fuck these songs. I'm just skipping all of them because I just <laughs> wanted to get on with it. And after this bit, I did not read another song. I just skipped them all. Dang. That's great. But also, like, they, this song is just, it's just bad. Like, Aragorn, Aragorn, you need your friend Bilbo to write songs for you. <laughs> now we know why they were a team. Oh, Aragorn and Bilbo, the mm. team. Anyways, uh, I mean, I, they're not, I don't think they're objectively bad. It's just hobbits are being carried away. You got shit to do. Get on with it. Anyways, yep. that, that was my whole perspective. 
Um, they head back to where they'd originally left the boat, and Aragorn deduces the truth of the matter. Frodo and Sam have gone off to Mordor on their own, and it is only Merry and Pippin that have been taken by the orcs. Their cho- choices become either to follow Frodo to Mordor or go after Merry and Pippin. Aragorn has a whole, let me think, moment, but he does rather quickly. I, I was a little bit proud of him. Decide to follow the orcs and go after Merry and Pippin. They pack what they can hide what they won't be taking, and spring away. And I'm (laughs) going to read this bit. Page 546. That doesn't make any sense. Nope. That's That's way more pages. What? I guess my book... Do the page counts keep going in yours? I guess so. Dang. Even though it it is like a separate book. That's messed up. Oh, my God. Hang on, mine do too. I guess mine maybe do too, but my I first page to put is four oh four. I mean, I'm not Whoa. in the five hundreds. I've got bigger books, but dang, Tolkien got his way. They're one book. Anyway, in spirit. So <clears throat> I'm just gonna read the last sort of bit here. Um, well, after them, said Gimli, dwarves too can go swiftly, and they do not tire sooner than orcs. But it will be a long chase, and they have a long start. Yes, said Aragorn, we shall all need the endurance of dwarves, but come with hope or without hope, we will follow the trail of our enemies, and woe to them if we prove the swifter. We will make such a chase as shall be accounted a marvel among the three kindreds, elves, dwarves, and men, forth the three hunters. And I just really liked that bit, so I wanted to read it. It is a really good bit. I mean, it's not let's hunt some orc, but I can Mm -hmm. hear it. But you, yeah, Yeah. yeah, I can hear the fellowship theme playing behind them. And not just because I'm pretty sure it was playing in the audio version that I was listening to. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the first short chapter. Yay! The next one's long enough moving. to make up for it. Yeah, the next one is quite long. Ugh. Ouch. So I just wanted to bring up, actually, that I kind of, I mean, I know we make fun of it a lot, but I, I genuinely don't remember that it, this indecision thing being such a big part of Aragorn's character. And I hope it's not just, like, forgotten as we go on. I hope we actually see... Aragorn growing through that to become a good, decisive king as he becomes more sure of himself. I hope we get that. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's Tolkien's strong point in writing, so I don't know that we will, but But we'll see. I hope hope so. Yeah, me too. Hmm. I've now decided, apparently, that Gimli's my baby, so (laughs) we're gonna... We're gonna pay attention to Gimli this whole time, too. Any... Are we looking for anything in particular? His yes, courage. decisive Gimli. <laughs> okay. How many mentions does he have in this book? Yes. It's, Is he there? <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, they sometimes just white room some of these background characters. Cause, and people forget that they were, in fact, in that scene because they don't talk. To or... be fair, I think that's just what Tolkien does for everyone. I know. It's I know. Like, oh, wait, these people are here. I need to stop describing trees. <clears throat> and now we've got a lot of stuff to run through. So that'll be good. That'll be gross. Forward the three podcasters. <laughs> hey! Very good. Um, this is a very short episode. It was. I guess it is a very short chapter. Yeah. I mean, like, even with all of the side stuff we did, it's just... Yeah. It's like 10 pages. No, no stretching it out. I can definitely... I guess, you know, reading this chapter, it still felt like the end of Fellowship. You know? I know. And, and not just because we know it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, it really does just feel like it was split in a weird place. This would have been a more natural end. Yeah. Um, and and then I, I, well, I don't know how far you two got, but I finished chapter two or chapter whatever, the next chapter. And that very much felt like the beginning. 
because mm -hmm. it it starts with them you know starting their chase so yeah. i am glad that that peter jackson and and them all philip and fran uh made the decision to put this in fellowship it's just can you imagine if they just started off the second movie with Boromir here suddenly dying like, people would be so confused well it's crazy because i was looking at the chapter list for the two towers and i had forgotten how fucking much of the two towers book ends up in the return of the king movie yeah crazy no, it, just a lot of it and then you get to the book of the return of the king and you're like shit how did you fit all of this yeah oh you know what another thing that is fabulous in the two towers and that i think every series book should do i don't know why they don't at the beginning it has a synopsis of fellowship of the mm -hmm. ring that's so weird to me. No, that's genius. I mean, I know the there are some YA books that do that, and it just drives me crazy. But also, I'm one of those people that can remember things. But like, okay, let I don't, but I don't mean yeah. like at the beginning of the chapter they kind of sum it up. I mean, there's an actual no. like synopsis. I know. What like YA books synopsis. have that? Um, I have never what? seen Undying that. Undying did it. Aragons did it. Um, I'm sorry, the Aragons. Jesus. Okay, um, the, we don't uh, inheritance cycle. Yeah, but those were just uh, knockoffs of this. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the main character is named Aragon. <laughs> I know, <laughs> no idea how many I times I, I almost called him said Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah, I almost said it. Um, and the most recent one I can think of is um the oh gosh, what is the space one? They go to outer space by Amy Kaufman and Megan Spooner. Uh, Undying and Unearthed? Oh, yeah, Unearthed is the first one. Okay, so the, the synopsis of Unearthed is the first chapter of Undying. Mm. And they've got a little author's note that's like, we have a terrible time remembering what happens in first books. And I don't have a terrible time. Like, that's probably the only thing I have any dedicated so brain space for. So just rip those pages out of your book. Well, I know. No, it's fine that they're there. It's just so weird to me. I forget that people need it. I don't See, know. See, and I think just this, more books should do it. Because sometimes, like, let's say you get an advanced copy of a book, which we sometimes do. And then, so you read it, like, almost two years before you read the second one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't, I've read 5,000 books since then. I got nothing. <laughs> like, I just feel like when they sum things up, they can very often ruin the foreshadowing that's happening in the sequel book. I see what you're saying. Like, there are, there are little things in book one that you needed to remember. And when they condense that book into like a three page blurb, they do leave, like they very, very often leave those hints, those clues, those things that are about to happen in there. And then suddenly that foreshadowing doesn't pay off. It's just very obvious what's about to happen because they're stacked too close together. That's fair. I just wish there were like reminders of who the characters were. I do like in Tamora Pierce just, books where there's like a, a glossary of characters, of characters and words. Mm hmm. That's great. Also, they have pronunciations, which is helpful. Tolkien. Uh, Tolkien does, Fixed but it's, it's in the appendices, so it's at the end. I know, which are so far away. But like, if it had all been published as one like he wanted, you could just flip to the back and there would be. <laughs> if they were all published as one like he wanted, I would break my arm trying to carry <laughs> it around. To be fair, I just like keep my copy of the Silmarillion handy where it has the actual like guide to the rules. Ah, uh, nerd. call. Yep. <laughs> it's mostly for Elvish. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, I think we've drawn that out as long as we possibly can. <laughs> uh, so as we talked about in our bonus episode, we do have our new Patreon that you can check out at 
uh, patreon.com so you want to read Tolkien. And we've got three new donors that we want to thank for Yay! You know, being awesome. Thinking that we're worth it. So big thanks we to we are. I guess. Bring the confidence. <laughs> I mean Own the patron the patron was my idea, so part of me must think that we are worth it. Um <laughs> so a big thank you to Amanda and Alan and my friends over at Eloquent Gushing, which is another podcast network. And if you want to give them a listen, you should, because I do a podcast with them. Thank you Fabulous. so much. You guys are amazing. We love you. You're great. We would probably be doing this without you, but it would be like five million times less fun. I mean, we love all of our listeners because you listen to us ramble about yes. stupid shit. Hard rambling. And it's great. We just go off. Okay. Um, if you want to contact us, you can on Twitter at to read Tolkien or email us at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. And like I said, check out our Patreon at patreon.com so you want to read Tolkien. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. And I'm Emmy. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. I didn't assign the homework. Oh, well. Say it right now. Book two. No, book four. No, book three. (laughs) Book three. (laughs) Homework for next week is book three, chapter two. The Riders of Rohan. The Riders of Rohan. Together, we did it, Emmy. Do, 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 do. (laughs)